On this episode of K-Pod... Is Korea safe for you? Do you have any concerns about your safety living in Korea? What are some precautions you take when living here? Do you feel safe when you're walking the streets in Korea? Would you consider Korea to be a safe place compared to your country? All of this and more in this episode of K-Pod. We record our podcast in downtown Changwon City, South Korea at the only Irish bar in town, O'Brien's Irish Bar and Restaurant. They are located in Jungong-dong, right across from the International Hotel on the third floor. If you're in the area, be sure to stop by and check them out for some great food, drinks, and one of the best atmospheres in the area. O'Brien's Irish Bar and Restaurant, Changwon City. It's K-Pod. Life in Korea with your hosts, Scott, Marco, and Adam. Welcome to K-Pod, Life in Korea, the podcast that brings you some of the lives and people working and living right here in South Korea and in Changwon City in particular. I'm one of the hosts, Adam. To my right is Scott. Scott, how are you? Not too bad. Across from me is Marco. Marco, how are you doing? Doing great. And we have our guest, Saber. Saber, how are you this evening? I'm good, thanks. On this episode, we will be talking about safety. Is Korea safe for you? Do you feel safe living in this country? And what are some precautions that you take when you're living here? So there always seems to be a concern with uh, people that are thinking about coming to Korea, whether, you know, whether it's a safe country or whatever. All of us have been here for various time frames. Uh, Marco's been here three years. You've been here, eight, what, eight? On and off about eight. On and off. Saber, you're in your second year? Fourth Third? year. Fourth year. Longer than Marco. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, people ask, I get questions all the time online, you know, whether this is safe, that is safe, what they should be worried about. So uh, let's start off with before you came to Korea, did you have any concerns with regards to anything in terms of safety? I mean, I, I, I heard a lot of stories before I came here, but it was a different time back then. Uh, Adam? Did you have any concerns before you came here? Well, uh, I had a brother who had lived here before I came, and he told me to get vaccinated, go to a travel doctor. So I did that, and uh, I think it was about $80 to get some shots, um, which in retrospect I think was kind of unnecessary. So you got some t- some type of uh, travel shots that right. people get before they go somewhere. Yeah, and I remember the doctor at the clinic said he had a package that he could give me for about 50 bucks, and he said it would be extra to get vaccinated against Japanese encephalitis. And I said, what are what are my chances of getting that? And he said, well, they're pretty slim. You probably won't get that unless you're drinking water in like rural areas where it's not treated. So I didn't opt for that, but I did get the other shots. All right, and Marco, do you have any concerns before you came here? Not one. No? Other than maybe just the fear of traveling, not one. I had traveled. I had you know. I had traveled before in places that were not even like more dangerous than not Korea. even like stopovers and missing your flight. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I always worry about that stuff. I would have, but I was meeting somebody at the airport, so like in Dallas, and I wasn't flying by myself. My only flight by myself was from uh, Columbus to Dallas. But then my flight to Korea, I had someone. So I always have that fear. Like if I'm flying home and I stop in, you know, Tokyo or somewhere, if I don't have a certain amount of time frame, mm. I'm always concerned about. Oh, but I hate having a rush. I'm the same. But at the same time, I don't like having 13 hours 
to kill in an airport. Leave the airport. There's nothing around the airport there. Oh, what airport is it? Uh, Narita. Narita. Oh, yeah, that's true. Nothing. There is nothing around Narita. Okay. <laughs> but they do have those, uh, like, uh, hotel things. You know, you can rent a room. It's like 10 bucks an hour. I usually just get that and go to sleep. They wake you up when it's time to board. Anyway, that's a little off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Saber, did you have any concerns before you came here? This is like your first outside of Texas type. Um, no, I did an internship in London. Um, before while I was in college, um, it was my first time like moving officially for somewhere, uh, to somewhere for a long amount of time. Uh, I think that most of my concerns were just general, like, oh, I'm moving sort of concerns to a new place. Um, I think my family and people I knew had more concerns about me going than I had for myself. Um, like they were very like, Oh, North Korea is right there. Are you sure you're going to be okay? And I'm like, I'm in Changwon. That's, I know you don't know where that is, but that's at the bottom of South Korea. Right. So like, I, I think a lot of people were putting pressure on me to be worried, but I was not. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of concerns people have regarding North Korea, especially, uh, family members, like you said, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So, uh, did you hear any stories? Anybody hear any stories regarding living in Korea? Like, you had your brother. Yeah, my brother basically told me that it's a relatively safe place. Um, he said it's, you know, walking, walking the streets at night. It's not too bad, you know, like you, you'll run into a few drunkards once in a while, but usually they're not very belligerent. They're, they're just kind of like, Oh, hey, where are you from? You know, and you just kind of like, Oh, yeah, as long as you're, you know, nice to them. And you're just talking about yourself now, though. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just talking about myself. Yeah. I would say, uh, Koreans had a lot more worries when you moved here than you. <laughs> yeah. The monster had arrived. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, before I came here, I think it was a year or two before I moved here, there was a story about a, a teacher that was murdered here. In this city? Not No, just okay. in South Korea in general. Like yeah, yeah, Originally, yeah. Really? A female yeah. teacher was uh, pushed off a balcony or something. Okay. And, you know, nothing ever came of it. I don't even know if it was true. I just... I was told this story before I came here by a friend. I mean, there has been, uh, obviously, there's been foreigners that have been killed here. <laughs> uh, I'm not talking about, obviously, not the war or anything like that. I mean, uh, in the last 20 years, uh, I think in 1985, there was a pretty famous case of a of a English teacher that was murdered. Yeah, in Seoul. I read about that recently. And there was a documentary, I think, about it. Right. But they think that it wasn't a Korean who did it. They think it was like somebody who worked at her school, another foreigner. That was a Korean, though. Oh, was it? Okay. It was a co-worker that they think that did it, but nobody was ever uh, arrested or anything regarding it. Okay. Anyway, so obviously, <laughs> obviously uh, murder was none of our concerns. Now it is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me like that. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the North Korea issue. Of, I mean, did anybody have any concerns with that before coming here? I can't, I mean, Not kind before, of went but uh, I think a couple years into my coming back to Korea, I, I started a public school and a couple years in, there was some pretty like uh, strong vitriol between the North and the South. And I remember my, my parents calling me and saying like, hey, do you think maybe you should come home? And I just said, no, no, I'm, I think I'm pretty safe down here in the South. As Saber said, like we're pretty far South. I don't think... Yeah, it's definitely more in the uh, 
the Western media than it is here. Right. So, oh, like, yeah. parents or somebody might see stuff a lot more than we do, actually. Yeah. I get updated from my parents. They're always telling me about what's happening. I'm like, oh, really? That's that's a thing that's happening right now? That's cool. I only get concerned if Koreans are concerned right, about right. that. Yeah, and usually the they thing. aren't, yeah. so I'm not. Yeah, I mean, they've been dealing with this threat for, you know, what, 60 years, 60 Sixty some odd years, almost seventy years now. You asking me? I, I haven't been there. No, I'm just <laughs> I haven't been here that long. <laughs> uh, sure, but uh, yeah, probably. Anyway, since since the Korean War and obviously before it, but like even when I I went to the DMZ and I didn't even feel unsafe there. Like when I technically was in North Korea, I'm like I don't know. It just isn't. I, I'm with you. Like if the Koreans aren't worried, why should I be? But there have been times where Koreans are worried. How do you know? Like, how often are you talking with Koreans and stuff? And Koreans and, are pretty chatty and, people. <laughs> in general, they usually don't talk about that stuff. Even if it's something is going on, they're not going to necessarily go up to a foreigner, whether you know them or not, and bring that topic up. I don't know. My Korean friends will talk about it openly. I have one class who always ask me about North Korea. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I can tell you what the news says, but so like, I mean, I don't, I guess the younger generation is probably less averse to talking about it because they're more detached than the older generations are because, you know, they were born into Korea as it is now well-connected you know, strong economy, you know, they haven't been like, they weren't alive. They didn't really see the war or the destruction and they haven't been alive for part most of the cleanup and mm, yeah. stuff. I've been here long enough. I've seen a lot of things regarding North Korea from testing nukes to missile tests to when they shot up that island. Yeah. That's probably what you're referring to. I remember that one. Yeah. Oh, that was when I was gone. Actually, that's a, that, that happened. That happened after I left for a couple of years. But and then with Kim Kim Jong Il when he passed away, yeah. what was going to happen? And then Kim Kim Jong Un, you know, now in power, and then obviously Trump becoming <laughs> president. What what effect that would have? And I think also when you look back at you know most recently uh, Kim Jong Un having the audacity to send out people to murder his brother in an international airport with like a weapon of mass destruction. I mean, that that's pretty, pretty scary stuff. That's know. speculation, isn't it? Uh, I think, I think most people think. I've, I've heard, uh, whether it's true or not, but Kim Jong-un is, uh, not the person to be worried about. It's actually the sister that runs everything. And she's the okay. cold hearted, you know, has things done to people type thing. Okay. I could see that. She's Maybe, the yeah. one who's actually in charge of everything. Really? Mm. I don't know that. <laughs> I haven't talked to him just, in a while. Just things you read, yeah. <laughs> but we, they can't have a female face. Yeah. yeah. Which is part of the thing. No. But anyway, I heard she calls the shots. Okay. She's the one that, like, punishes people by mm. So what the do they do with pisses her off? Taking them out with anti-aircraft guns, feeding them to the dogs. So would you say North Korea is maybe the biggest concern that people might have? Yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about, like, street-level crime, I'd I'd be more afraid of North Korea than anything here. I mean, there's not much to be afraid of here. It's like they say, uh, Koreans are more afraid of Trump than they are of Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's but, true. Uh, that's 
if things escalate or something happens, it could be. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like street level crime, like crime, uh, like walking the streets of Korea, I feel pretty safe. I don't feel like I'm going to get robbed or mugged or assaulted. Um, that's just me. I, I just I just haven't had that happen. To yeah, me, it'll be a tough transition going back though, because like if I'm like at a park or something, I'll just leave my stuff on a bench, my phone, and I'll be like, oh, let me go look at this thing over here. And I know like when I go back, my stuff's still there on the bench. Yeah, like, you I don't would... get a lot of thieves here, you know. Like yeah. okay, so let's get into that. As uh, so as far as personal belongings and stuff, you feel pretty much. I mean, a big thing for me to get adjusted to when I came here was like just going out to say a bar and you know back in that time they didn't pay up front and almost every establishment you know let's say the bathrooms outside of the of wherever you are not outside like outside but you know in a different part of the building and you would just go to the bathroom and you could just leave go home but korea it's just uh there's an honor system here in some way you know what i mean do you know what i'm talking about are you talking about payment like leaving yeah, a tab like, or? like you could go into a, any almost any korean restaurant even or bar mm-hmm. and you know you can have some drinks and if you just get up and go to the bathroom yeah which is usually not within the same room type thing mm-hmm. it's just a trust that doesn't exist and Canada or I think so I think yeah I think so and I think also like if you leave your wallet in a in a taxi or a bus there's a good chance that if you try to find it if you make the right phone calls it will be returned with you with the cash inside whereas back in Canada or maybe the states as well uh there's a slim chance that you're ever going to see that wallet again yeah you know? I had a friend and she would like consistently lose her wallet or her phone and it, she always got it back yeah here here yeah I've had a lot of things happen to me over my time here, obviously, with all the time. I mean, I've had uh, Koreans attack me. I've had, and again, it's nothing. It's, uh, it was obviously a drunk person. But uh, my first year here, there was a Korean, you know, I had a Korean friend that I would go visit. And they had a chicken restaurant. Mm-hmm. And his mother, you know, was the cook in the restaurant. Anyway, there's a Korean guy on this road just going nuts, punching all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Like he punched my friend's mother oh, in no. the face. And he was hitting, you know, coffee girls and whoever came by. And I just arrived and I was like, well, hey, 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 this got to stop. So I just went up to the guy and he turned around and punched me in the face. And I just grabbed him and threw him down mm-hmm. and put my knee on his chest and held him there until the police came. Yeah, and there used to be a thing here that they call blood money type thing. Like, uh, you should never get involved with Koreans in any type of altercation because as a foreigner, you're gonna end up paying something, yep. regardless of who's right or who's wrong. Yeah, I've heard of this. But uh, that all worked out, and it came. You know, I had to go down to the police station. There was absolutely no English back in those days. Like we're talking 17 years ago or something, and writing down this whole page of a statement in English would meant nothing because nobody could translate it. Mm-hmm. But the police were really nice and they were like, oh, we're sorry this happened to you. It was also a time where it's like there was really no foreigners around this area Yeah, and they were kind of embarrassed that mm-hmm. the whole thing happened. And they were apologizing. Anyways, what ended up happening, it was up to me what happened to this guy. I could have, you know, helped in saying, go to prison. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, he's just drunk. I mean, it's wrong. I'm not saying it. And it's an excuse. 
And I met the guy with my coworker because she had to translate, and it was embarrassing. You know, a week or two later. Yeah. And I just brought orange juice and fruit to my school, and okay, kind of like a like no hard feelings kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And uh, I also had my house broken into, so this was you know a different time period. I was living somewhere else, mm-hmm. and uh, I came home one day, and I I just put my key in the lock and turned. It was like, that's weird. It was like, felt like it was unlocked. And I just went in and, uh, you know, just normal, sat down, started watching TV. And I think it was the next day or two days later, I looked over and it was like, hey, my computer monitor is gone. <laughs> and, uh, How about that? And then I looked over and I was like, hey, my one of my cameras is missing. And then... Uh, How'd they get in? My back balcony okay. where they put the air conditioner in yeah they, they had it so you couldn't really close the window mm. and it didn't have the bars on the window yeah, yeah so they must have hopped over from the house behind mm. anyway and i was like i started looking around i was like oh i'm missing money oh some of my jewelry's gone i was like something must have happened here and maybe my door was unlocked like they left through the main door and these are probably the days before cctv is everywhere right? yeah yeah uh yeah it's probably because cctv is here everywhere over, now it was right? over 10 years ago yeah 12 years ago maybe and uh so i had this, my school called the police and they brought in like it was just like uh what are those tv shows like csi yeah these guys came in with these you know ultraviolet lights and put it on my floor <laughs> and there was literally footprint everywhere i was so embarrassed <laughs> Like you can see footprints all over the frame. Like you can find the semen yeah, trails man. everywhere too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, maybe. I don't know. No, you don't need lights to see that. I just leave that. <laughs> but, uh, so they they put it near the back window, and you can see the footprints where they came in through the back window. And long story short, they ended up finding the guy who did it. Really? And uh, he was a younger guy who, you know, finished school and had problems, you know, getting work and that. And you have to remember, I for eight years, I was on the same routine when I left the house. Mm. I was always carrying video equipment and stuff, you know, kind of expensive equipment. So it would be easy to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he lived I think his family lived in the area. Yeah. You think he'd been like scoping you out I like must because you, you, you wouldn't want to yeah hop over onto a balcony not knowing that the person's not in the house not necessarily but anyway he got caught and uh they caught him because my video camera they found at a pawn shop oh okay and this video camera was only sold in canada mm. like the serial number and stuff so uh and then they got the guy that way and i ended up getting almost everything back including the jewelry like some rings and all kinds of stuff except for the uh, computer monitor the guy sold it or something they can return it but his family bought me the same monitor oh that's nice but the did worst, you have the option to like charge him yeah or? I, I was just gonna get into that so yeah. the bad part about it i had to go down to the police station one day and this entire family was there yeah and they were all crying and bowing you know it was all like a funeral almost Okay. And it was just uncomfortable, you know, it was uncomfortable. The mother was constantly crying and they were probably just totally ashamed, right? Like, and it also, it was up to me whether he went to prison. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, I was just like, uh, you know, I got everything back. I didn't even notice for two days. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I got everything back and the last thing I want is like put some guy in jail for life and 
having a family angry at me in a different country mm. to me it's just let it go that's a very strong deal of empathy you have there because i would have been i would have been pissed i don't think i would have gone that route i think i, I don't would've, care I that think much about material things i mean yeah. the long run it could be worse do you know I mean if, yeah. if, if i i find with any kind of altercation or anything the more you kick up a fuss the worse things are going to be whether it's in a bar, whether it's... I just avoid it all. Yeah. And I don't want to put a guy in prison for life. And like I said, the family... Yeah. For will life. not look at you. Well, not yeah. life, but he would have had a few uh, years, probably. Was like, is, that, is that the sentence? Well, when you think here? about it, like, he would have been thrown... He would have had a record, which basically would have yeah. screwed yeah, him in the wrong Yeah, he would have been ruined. Yeah. yeah. It's just not worth... I'm not saying it would be, but it's not worth having... A family angry at you or I don't know. Like you're telling the story and I was thinking, Oh, this poor guy couldn't get work, he's just trying to get by but at the same time it's like That's I would what probably... I was told. Doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Saber, do you have any concerns when you walk home at night or anything? I, I know you're not like a big party girl or anything, but like Um, I don't um I feel safer here. I, I still think I take the same precautions that I would if I was back home in the States. Um but I mean that I feel feel like the guys do get a little bit uh more aggressive at night and so i am always on my on my guard okay even in the morning i was walking to work one time and korean guys or just korean guys, guys in drunk, general drunk korean guys it wasn't him. it wasn't it wasn't it's usually drunk korean guys or if i'm in seoul then sometimes foreigners can get a little bit rowdy but you know like in the morning one time I was just walking to work and a guy stopped me and, you know, decided to chat me up and then try to touch me. And I'm like, I'm on my way to work. I'm running away from you. Well, I noticed because you have blonde hair. Mm-hmm. And I remember back in the day, I don't know if it's an issue nowadays, but back in the day when a Korean man would see a woman, a, a foreign woman with blonde hair, they would think that they were a Russian lady of the night, as it, it were. Still happens. Yeah, I get asked that happens. all the time. I'm and in the elevator. Hey, are you free? What do you mean? Are you free? Yeah, are they are you Russian? Are you Russian? You yeah. know, and yeah. Free yeah. like time wise or free like service? Yeah. <laughs> are you free is your time free for service yeah. is what yeah. So it's, it's I, I had a I had a Russian girlfriend years ago who came to Changwon to visit me and she had Korean guys go up to her and be like, Are you Russian? Are you Russian? And she was like, Well yes, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not I'm not here and you know, for that kind of thing. I'm here visiting my boyfriend, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing still. How about taxis? If you have to take a taxi um, late at night. I don't usually feel uncomfortable with the taxi ajashis. Usually they'll ask like, oh, where are you from? Are you Russian? And I'm like, no. But I'm not too afraid of them because that's sort of their livelihood. So they can't. Mm. Like, I don't think they're going to do anything. They're um, scary stories. Yeah, I know. But not, luckily, no, I've never been. In general. In general with taxis, I know. But and these days in Korea, like, it's so easy to track down a taxi yeah. driver. So, like, taxis aren't my biggest concern. Um, like, when I do go party, when I go to a club, I'm always on guard, too, because I've been, like, dragged into, um, like, rooms with Korean guys against my will and had to, like, sit down and be like, That's okay, booking. this is creepy. That's uh, yeah, booking. Oh, my God. 
That's normal. It's terrible. Yeah, it's, it's super normal. A, and yeah. I had heard about it before it happened. I just it's really uncomfortable to watch. And I just have to keep telling myself the girls know what they're doing when they come here, but when but they see it, I'm not just necessarily like, saber. Well, no. Yeah, yeah like I've never yeah. heard of a foreigner. Yeah, yeah, it was like that foreign girls too. Know, So it was but. very shocking that it had even happened at all. But back to as we were saying, like when you got broken into and like the days before CCTV, did you know that like CCTV is literally everywhere here now? Like it's in most bars have them like just as like a insurance kind of thing mm-hmm. because if a fight breaks out or if something gets stolen, they can actually look back at the tapes. And But that's probably true in a lot of countries. I think more so here, though. I think CCTV is everywhere in this country. Like I know, I think London is pretty big on the CTV. Yeah, yeah. China there. has a lot of CC, like CCTV is like everywhere. And but, like Korea as well. Like Korea is so well wired, like the fastest mm-hmm. internet in the world and everything's just like, you know, so well like designed in terms of like networking and stuff. So so a couple of things people probably should know. I mean, obviously guns are not allowed in the country. So it's very unlikely. I mean, they are, but unless you're a police officer or a soldier, or you can use them at a gun range, shooting range, yeah. shooting ranges. But it's really unlikely that somebody's going to be carrying around a gun. Right. Cool. Marco, would you consider Korea to be a safe place compared to your country, or in particular the place where you came from? Yes, I absolutely would. So I grew up in West Virginia, and then I lived in Ohio. So I lived in Ohio. I lived like close to downtown. Like it was, I li- like I could walk like two minutes, and I'm downtown. It was also like next to OSU campus. So there were a lot of break-ins. I mean, I've been on streets. I worked at a nonprofit for a while. Some streets I was working on, like, oh yeah, this person got shot in that house the other day. That sort of thing. And people always trying to scam you. Like, oh, can I borrow your phone? Then they'll take it and run. Like people are always trying to do stuff like that. Um, and then in West Virginia, drugs are a huge problem. So, yeah, just like in West Virginia, I was mostly worried about running where I'm from in West Virginia. I don't want to say all of West Virginia. Where I'm from in West Virginia, I was mostly worried about uh, people like running into someone who's just like cracked out of their mind. And I don't know what they could do just because they aren't coherent or they don't know what's going on. Hmm. Saber, do you think that... Uh Korea is safer than Texas. I don't know where you're from in Texas. I'm from Austin, so okay. bigger city. I think that I do feel safer here in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, I can walk around by myself at night here, whereas in the States, I would never, ever do that. Um, or if I did, I would have like my phone in my hand ready to dial 911 if anything happens. Um, mm-hmm. Here, if I'm walking from, you know, being out with my friends back to my house, I feel like I can do that safely. Yes. Um but uh, yeah, it's, I think it's much safer. I feel safer here. Yeah, I feel, I feel safer. You know, I, I'm from a small town in Ontario, but I, I lived in Toronto for a few years and uh, Toronto has its crime, but it's always, always in like little pockets. And uh, I never really faced any big scary times in Toronto as a student. And when I moved here, yeah, I could, I could walk home. I mean, yeah, you, you encounter some drunk people, whether they be foreigners or Korean people, but nobody really starts any stuff if you're just like okay have fun guys you know and just just walk away from them i've never really encountered anyone who's just looking for a fight kind of thing you know so yeah i find it very safe too i mean there's never been a time 
regardless where I am or if I'm out late, I'm not afraid to walk down any street at night. Yeah. Even like the creepy little uh, walkway things, you know, in some of the older places like where I live. Mm-hmm. It's like a little walkway, not, yeah. not for cars type thing that yeah. you're going to walk down to get to your house. It, looks, it would be really good for a horror movie, but yeah. oh, we should film I'm not, not afraid. If I turn on a street and I can see like a silhouette of somebody down the road, whether they're drunk or not, I'm not worried about pretty much anything. Mm. And I really do like the uh, the more of the honor system here. You yeah, know? like mm-hmm. you can see follow like, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you see shops like tire stores. You know, mm. they've got tires out in front of their shop all yeah. the time. Yeah, if, shops, if, clothing stores do you, that as yeah, well. If you did that back home, and the next day those tires aren't going to be yeah, there. Be gone. The next day. Yeah. Do you think that lends itself to like how a lot of these Korean men have to go through the military so that they're kind of like instilled discipline. with this discipline? Could be. Yeah. Could be. I don't, and I don't know what the laws is, are. I don't know what the punishment is. Is that suggesting there? that women can't shoplift? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to <laughs> suggest that, but usually it's it's men who are stealing shit, right? Like Maybe. <laughs> Stealing tires anyway. Wynonna Ryder did it. Is that who it was? Yeah. yeah. Is it Wynonna or Winona? Wynonna. Whatever her name is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, just stuff in general. Even though I got robbed myself, I still feel safe. Safe. I mean, it's weird seeing that I had my house broken into. I have bars on my window, but I, you know, yeah. I, I think even if they were not there, I'd still feel, feel pretty safe. Yeah, usually foreigners don't like that. I've I've known people who had them taken off because they feel trapped and Mm. like to have the window open. So that's been this week's episode of K-Pod, Life in Korea. I'd like to thank our guest, Saber. Saber, thanks for coming. Thank you. Where can we find you? Uh, K-Pop.Global. And as always, Marco, where can people find you? I am also at K-Pop.Global. Scott? You can find me anywhere in the Changwon area. Or Masan, or at Chengwanderfo, or Chengwander.com, or this podcast. And I'm Adam, and I'll be breaking into Scott's apartment soon. That's where you can find (laughs) me. Thanks, everyone. We record our podcast in downtown Changwon City, South Korea, at the only Irish bar in town, O'Brien's Irish Bar and Restaurant. They are located in Jungangdong, right across from the International Hotel on the third floor. If you are in the area, be sure to stop by and check them out for some good food, drinks, and one of the best atmospheres in the area. O'Brien's Irish Bar and Restaurant, Changwon City.